<laughs> welcome one and welcome all. We are live on Very Flow Upstream number 67. This one is entitled Requiem. And if you you want to know why, look up the word. Maybe piece one and two together. You might figure that out. But I'm here with an awesome cast. We got some of our regulars here. Blaze, editor in chief at Crackberry.com. How you doing, Chris? Oh, I'm doing all right actually. Oh, excellent. That's good. Right, no pessimism this time. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boys is like we're just getting started. Don't, don't hold me to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's get it on the on the go here, and then we'll see what happens. You know? <laughs> as, as well with us, we have Alex Bass of Cyberbytes Inc. How are you doing, Alex? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, I'm um, I'm actually in a good mood today, so let's try and keep it there. This is this is the perfect way to ruin a Sunday. <laughs> we also have on the cast with us Brandon. He is coming in remote from a Surface Pro. How you doing, Brandon? How's it going, guys? Doing pretty well. Can't complain. I don't know why you mentioned Surface Pro. It's not like I'm getting sponsored for that. So. <laughs> we're, making, we're making zero off that Microsoft mention. No, but Brandon, it's good to have you back, man. I know you've been kind of on a hiatus. You've been working, doing your refereeing. So it's good to have you back, man. Yeah, it's been super busy. I wish I could have been on more often, but life just throws you curveballs. <laughs> and by curveballs, he means the news has been so boring that <laughs> not worth coming on. So I'm glad uh, something's piqued your interest here to get you back on air. Well, let's get started, guys. Let's talk about BlackBerry Slider color preferences. I think that's a really big piece here. We just put out a post on, on CrackBerry as a guest post, so thank you, Blaze, for letting us do that. Really hit a, a large audience, about 5,000 people voted on different color renders that were done by our graphic artist, Mr. Marco Miranda at Poodle Mobile. The device renders just look awesome. Uh, definitely check out the CrackBerry post if you're interested in seeing the colors. We did silver, black, red, blue, white, and purple. And uh, I want to hear first, before we go into the full results, which ones you guys individually voted for, if you voted at all. Alex, what was your favorite color? Um, I'm I'm not a difficult man. I, I kind of <laughs> didn't mind the black and maybe the red. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to look at them again because when I first saw them, I was really leaning towards just going with the black. I kind of wanted to just have the nostalgic, you know, black blackberry. But, you know, I don't know. All right. Well, you, while you're flip-flopping, Brandon, what about you on some of the colors? Uh, what are some of your favorites? The, uh, the blue. It's got yeah. that. The fairy flow, the fairy flow blue. You know, it's it. It looked kind. Of, it was kind of one of those things. You know how the the LE edition for the passport, the red, for the Z10 and passport, and all that stuff that catches the eye. But now I, I'm kind of getting used to that red tone for BlackBerry devices. So I think a blue like that would kind of, you know, get people wondering again. Because really out there, other than those Nokia phones that Microsoft used to have that were multicolored, you really don't have know anything other than you know there's there's some phones that are still red out there black and white and silver but you don't really have a blue out there and I don't know if it's well that's probably just because there's not much demand maybe I'm just crazy but I think it would catch a lot of people's eyes and I like the way it looks you know I that honestly though like that shade of blue when I kind of look at it it, it reminds me of like a kind of cheapness a little bit because I imagine like the five C's like these pastel kind of colors and that like I don't know it feels a little bit cheap to me in some way if you've ever seen the actual blue iPhone, it's not as pastel. It's actually a lot like more blue and candy looking than, than the powdered blue. But I, I can definitely see where you're coming. A lot of these colors, when you put them on these 
you know, high-end looking devices, it kind of does cheapen them in a way. And, you know, as to Brandon's point, I have my red uh, passport here. I know Chris has moved on to his SE, but, <laughs> but I, I am getting kind of a little bit just like muted by it at this point where I look at it and it doesn't have that same pop that it used to have. So just a different variation. I personally, just like Brandon, also voted for the blue. I really like the powder blue and just... The only maybe tweak I might have put was maybe put black lettering instead of white lettering on the light blue device, and maybe it will stand out a little bit better. But uh, but Blaze, which one did you vote for? Uh, I went with the silver. Maybe that's mainly just because of the fact that I'm using a silver device now, but I, I really like the silver one. Um, I also really like the, uh, which was it, the blue one as well because... Like you said, it, that blue hasn't really been used a lot lately, and I remember, I remember when like, like Brandon said, when uh, AT&T and all them were putting out the uh, the Nokia Windows phone devices, the cyan blue that they put out was really really hot looking at the time, and I like that blue on there. I especially like the fact that it's not entirely all blue. You know what I mean? Because the bezel and the edges and stuff like that are st are still black. But the keyboard itself and the bottom piece where the where the speaker is uh, is that nice baby. I guess you could say baby or powder blue color. I really like that one. Unfortunately, I, I, I don't. I don't think that we'll actually see that one. But you know. I think you just want the uh, the SE Silver Edition so you can say that you have a priv SE. <laughs> <laughs> You're on to me. Damn it. <laughs> Someone go buy the pin now. BB priv SE. <laughs> Yeah. No, don't. <laughs> Actually, don't do that. Chris Chris already bought it, guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, we, there was 5,000 votes on the poll, over 5,000 votes on the poll. Silver came in at 24%. It got the most votes, followed very closely by Alex's favorite, the Black Edition. Shortly there following, we had the red at 20%, the blue at 13 and then white and purple bringing in the tail end there. Can I just really? say I'm actually surprised that 405 people voted for the purple? Right, right. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going to go with it. I was like, white versus purple? Like, we're going to get a white phone, right? We're going to get a white priv. Yet the purple one almost got as many votes. That's, that's pretty amusing. Personal, I really like the devices, guys. I think if BlackBerry were to really nail in on some of these color options and do it from the jump, I really hate when you have to wait, right? Because I'm going to buy the first thing I can get my hands on, right? So if I the first thing I can get my hands on is a black one, that's that's what I'm probably gonna go for. But I would yeah, like that to would, a couple options. That would be that would be a good move for them to actually just go ahead and launch two colors all at the same time. That way people can buy whatever they want. I know I know what the the obvious thing is is you hook people into buying a black one and then all of a sudden they want the white one. But you know, just go ahead and make both of them available at the same time. That would be great. <laughs> Is it bad to think in, in any type of way? They have all these Android devices that you can get like totally custom to what you want. You can get whatever colors and you know very custom. Part of me, like I don't even like that if that option was available because I would probably want to do something crazy, but then I worry about like resale value. I'd have to find someone who very specifically wants the custom type of phone that I have. Yeah. So I always rather not have the option to, in a stupid consumer way that doesn't even totally make sense. I kind of like having just two variants, maybe a third one. You know, you know what it's funny is that now people are kind of 
people have watches, nice watches for when they go out to formal formal events and things like that. And I think people now they want to kind of extend that type of custom customizability um, to their smartphone, uh, yeah. so that they can have one device that they can, you know, change the exterior to be both a formal exterior exterior as well as you know something a bit more casual, a bit more rugged that they can use for everyday life. And uh, it'll be interesting if we see a company. I know Google's got with their with their own Nexus devices. They let you customize the exterior when you order it. Um, but the interesting to see if a company in the future ends up, you know, creating interchangeable um, exterior um, portions for their devices to allow people uh, to choose between, you know, for instance, an aftermarket Porsche exterior that they can spend, you know, a hundred bucks to purchase, and that gives them a more formal look for their device. Uh, and then they've got the regular casual exterior. Well, yeah. in that, in a nod to that, when I went to my cousin's wedding, I even I opted to go for bringing my white passport instead of my red passport because it was a wedding, right? I was like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring my red one. I'm the show. <laughs> yeah, I brought my white one, so I fit in a little bit more, right? <laughs> That's so like that's so bougie of you. Like, I know. Like, let me, let me swap colors. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. It was pretty sad that I thought about that at the time. Like that was one of my main priorities. But I wasn't part of the wedding or anything, so it was like my only thing that I had going for me at the time. Crack <laughs> like, yeah, problems, <laughs> man. There's there's people out there starving, and Chris is here choosing different <laughs> colors for his passport. So. They don't match my shoes. I got to go back to the house. <laughs> And the thing he too, starts with the original, yeah. swaps over to the AT&T. <laughs> and the thing, too, is that I know there's going to be people who are going to comment after this podcast and be like, well, you can get, like, a nice case or something to put on your device. Like, no, yeah. it's not the same thing. Yeah. If you go to a formal event and you have, like, a, a case on your device, um, it just it doesn't look professional half the time. Um, that personally, me, based on, like, formal events I've gone to, if you have a case on your device, it just doesn't look as nice as other people who don't have cases on their device. So, Brandon, uh, now that you're on, right, and I know now the device has actually been released and talked about this priv, tell us, give us a recount of your Toronto experience. We all saw the photo that you uh, you snagged <laughs> of the gentleman walking with his, uh, his priv device, but where were you? How did you get there? You know, tell us about the experience for you. A lot of people were wondering, was the device that you took a photo of, was that in some kind of case? If it was, what did it look like? Give us some of that feedback. Okay, so it was pretty interesting because I actually, I was I was just talking to my girlfriend. We were lining up to go see The Martian, and there was this group of six people in front of me. And uh, I saw this one guy. He had a BlackBerry device. It kind of, the top kind of reminded me of a passport, so I'm like, oh, this it looks like he has like a passport there, and so my girlfriend was talking to me, and all of a sudden she could tell my face was just like zoned in on this one guy, and like I should have taken a picture right then and taken a video because he was just using it out right there in front of me. But I was so excited, I just went straight to him. I'm like, "Is that the uh, the BlackBerry Venice?" And he's like, he like had like such a scared look on his face, like he saw a ghost because uh, I guess he didn't expect anybody. To to actually, I don't know, care about uh, the new BlackBerry device just because, you know, generally it's not that 
that big of a group of people that know about it, right? So then when I told him that, he just got all freaked out and he like closed the device, put it in his pocket. He's like, "Ah, oh, man, like it is." Uh, and I'm like, uh, "Can I like it, can I see it? Is it using like Android?" He's like, "I can't say anything, even though like I really want to, because you're probably the only person in this line who like." <laughs> <got it." laughs> And he's so, and I'm like, yeah, man. Like I work for Barry Flow. Like I went about the the, the like the total wrong way. <laughs> I should have gone about it, right? But I was just like so like honestly, I became like a little kid, like super excited about. It. I'm like, come on, man. Like it's like like just let me just just tell me, is it Android or not? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's Android. And so, anyways, um, I and then like I was like, yo, look, I have my like. Z10 LE, like I'm a developer, I developed apps for BlackBerry 10, you know, show me some love. And he's like, man, I wish I could. <laughs> so what happened was that he put it away, and then what I didn't realize is that the other five people in his group all had um, BlackBerry Prids. Um, and they were all like chuckling between each other because they must have been working for like BlackBerry or something because they uh, realized. You think? All, yeah. <laughs> That's what I was gonna all say. that I had the BlackBerry the Z10 LE, and they're like, "Oh, this guy like." And the one guy's like, "Oh, he has a red like Z10." And the guy's like, "Yeah, that means he's like a developer. He, he was like one of the first developers for BlackBerry 10 and got it right." And so the one guy knows he had like this case. It's similar to the Z10 case where the the back is kind of attached. And it's got that front, uh, that front fold in the, in the front, made out of leather. You guys, are you guys familiar with that case? Yeah, yeah. It so it was kind of like that, but the the cool thing was that when you closed it, it actually worked kind of. If you're familiar with the case for the Samsung Note, where it changes the time in the front, so you can see easily the time and your notifications and stuff like that. When you closed it, it actually changed the. Uh, the screen in front to to show that information there. It's so, funny. It's funny because after you posted up your picture, there was another guy who caught one out in the wild with it actually having the case on it, and that's exactly <laughs> what he described as well. It was like it's kind of like the Samsung case when you close it, you can still yeah. access some of the functions directly through the hole in the in the front or whatever, right? Exactly. And everybody was like, oh, no, 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 you just basically saw a Samsung device, you're mistaken. And it's like, no, dude, I saw what I saw, okay? <laughs> and then I went, uh, so then after when I noticed that, we were like, the, the line started moving to go into the theater, and like I went full-on stalking mode and started just like, like sticking my hand out, like just like fucking like acting like I was just texting but taking pictures of the guy in front of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My Bravo. My girlfriend Bravo, was so embarrassed. But I was like, you know what? I have this. Like, you have your own vices. This is my vice. So, <laughs> so I, that's a very interesting story, Brandon. I think you've. it's a good learning lesson for you. You see these unreleased devices? Just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> Do what you got to I don't think, say anything. Just start okay. taking pictures and video, okay? You gotta go all James Bond in the future. Take pictures, ask questions later. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you have the ability to shoot to kills. <laughs> you are licensed. But to I mean, do like, so. You gotta think about that. Like, what are the odds? Like, and it's like it was like about like twelve hundred people in this line. Like, what are the odds that me, probably like one of like maybe potentially three people on that line? Who like know about this device because like there's there's lots of BlackBerry fans, 
like in general, but a lot of people, they're not constantly checking CrackBerry or M4BB or BerryFlow and stuff like that, uh, and they might not know about the the, uh, the venison stuff or the Privna, you know. And so, like, the odds of me, like, just, like, happening to be standing right behind them is just, you know... It's like, pretty slim to none, man. <laughs> and then what? you actually, and then you actually were referring to the device as the code name. You probably like spooked the shit right out of him. Yeah. He's like, "Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, I gotta go." <laughs> no, wait, what happened was he saw Brandon. And he's like, "Oh crap, that dude from upstream." No, <laughs> it's pretty funny, Brandon. I'm glad you were able to get a good picture. That's what blew my mind about it. What phone did you take that photo with? Your Z10. Uh, I- Surprisingly, it was my Z10 because my passport wow, was getting wow. getting was getting fixed, and I haven't changed back yet. And so I was like, you know what? Like I'm gonna like I like the red design on my LE because when I got it, I I only really got it for a month before I got my Z30, so I never really got to use it. So I was taking this as kind of an excuse to 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 use it for a bit more. And uh, yeah, I was surprised at how well the picture showed up with uh, showed up with my uh, Z10. Me too. I would have sworn there was actually at least at least taken with the passport. So yeah, wow. That's that's ten dot three dot two for you guys. There it <laughs> is. <laughs> so I want to move on. Let's talk about the big news of the week, right? This is BlackBerry's fiscal Q two twenty sixteen earnings. Oh, is that's the big news, is it? <laughs> that's the big news because in this earnings call. He did the exact opposite, right? He, in this earnings call, John Chen actually announced the device and announced uh, a plans and a roadmap. But let's talk about some of the numbers, right? Let's look at, into some of the financials for the company, see where they are and where they're going. Who cares about those? <laughs> I care. I care. Look, we're looking at sequential growth in the software business, and that's important for BlackBerry. That's where they're staking their future. We're seeing growth driven 33% on software licensing revenue. This is without a major cross-licensing deal like the one they had from Cisco. So again, really important for them. Most of this is really organic growth for them right now, and it's positive to see. John Chen even mentioned this is not even really counting EasyPass. EasyPass may have been something to start getting people over, but this revenue is really coming from them uh, on their own initiatives, which is pretty positive. They've got free cash flow of $100 million in the quarter. And as well, cash equivalent jumped up to $3.3 billion. It was pretty awesome. Even with the acquisitions that they've made under M&A, um, we're really looking at a low, low number of BlackBerry devices being sold, 800000 down from, I think, $1.1 million the quarter previous. That's not a lot, guys. That's really not a lot. So these moves for Android almost make even more sense for the timing as the device sales continue to slip down, they need to do something to revitalize. So <laughs> what do you guys think about how John Chen laid this out? Because I think it was very, very poorly written, the, the specific wording in the press release. Because the first oh, thing yeah. I saw was, was like JT over at N4BB tweeting, you know, you're going to have the choice of OS and, and, and all this stuff. And I hit him up and I'm like, you know, I probably think this is just poorly worded. Um, they, the way it was kind of announced is at the same time they're working, and Android is going to be a choice of OS for us, but not necessarily a choice on a BlackBerry 10 device. What do you guys think about Priv? This was also a name that leaked prior to the earnings, and John Chen took the time to come out and say, yes, we're confirming this Android phone, and we are confirming the name Priv under the nomenclature of privacy and privilege. What do you guys think of the name and as well how it was announced? I think my thoughts on the name are pretty damn clear. 
at first I was like, you know, it seems like a really dumb name, but then I thought to myself, and I'm like, what other device has a really dumb name? Oh, yeah, the iPhone 6 Plus. <laughs> so I don't think the Priv's any dumber than that name. I think it's actually marginally better than that name. So I think it's going to get a lot of people's attention. When you say the Priv, people are going to be like, oh, that's a weird name. And then it'll get people to think about it. So yeah. it, it's not necessarily flashy name like that, but it's uh, the type of name that when you tell somebody, oh, this is the Blackberry Priv, they'll be like, what, Priv? And then after you repeat it again, they'll... It's one of those names that people, once they hear it, they're going to remember it. You know what, though? I, I really feel that when people ask me what kind of phone I have, I don't say, oh, I have the BlackBerry Z30. I'd say, it's a BlackBerry. And it's like a lot of, a lot of, I like, I don't really feel like someone's going to, you know, if they see me on my phone, I'm sliding up and down or whatever, and they ask me what kind of phone it is, I'll probably just say, oh, it's a BlackBerry, and I'll show them, like, the sliding mechanism and things. Like, I normally, I don't necessarily think that most people, you know, like, oh, what phone do you have? Oh, I have an iPhone. Normally, people don't necessarily say, oh, I have the iPhone, you know, 4S, or, oh, I have an Android device. They normally say, I have a Galaxy. They don't really say, oh, I have a Galaxy Note 5. You know, some do, but you could kind of get away with just saying the manufacturer of it, BlackBerry, Galaxy, iPhone, um, Apple iPhone, whatever. I got a Google. Yeah. It runs the Google. <laughs> It runs the goobs. Yeah, I got a BlackBerry that's running Android. That's all I got to say. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but whenever anybody asks me about, like, my passport, like, I specifically say passport. The passport they, was definitely something I I did say. I could vouch for that. It helps explain the shape a lot more. I would yeah. agree. Yeah. I, I guess, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it does come down to, like, depending upon the device itself because if people are, like, shocked about it or, you know, they have, like, a real general interest in it, maybe that sort of forces the reasoning to actually use the full name of the device so that it kind of like sticks in their brain but I don't know I like I say I, I generally go out of my way to specifically say Blackberry Passport I was hoping they would have stuck with the passport theme and named it the Visa which is what I think a lot of people were throwing around what it might be called um, just to go in line with you know you got passport and then a Visa um, kind of got that whole business and traveling kind of vibe going with it. Yeah. They yeah. did some research. If you search Google for Priv, then, like, boom, pops up in the news. You see BlackBerry Priv hands-on, and, you know, mm -hmm. the, one of the top links on Gadget. It's a unique enough name, whereas I noticed something with the Passport. If you literally search Google for Passport, by now at least, you know, BlackBerry would have some kind of foothold in there, but no, Passport Passport is such a common name, and all the image searches are passports. You don't see the phone anywhere. So yeah. it is not necessarily so bad just having a unique name. Because even Visa, Visa, there's a huge company Visa. It also means, you know, so many other things. So but I, it's kind of... I did that search before they actually had officially announced it as a priv. And I see exactly where they were going with it. Because if you, if you had a... Google Priv before they officially announced it, it would have lay it would have led to a bunch of privacy stuff, especially on Twitter. Um, for some reason, if you actually look on Twitter and you, obviously again before the announcement, there's a lot of stuff on Twitter that actually gets cut off. Like you know how you know how when you have you only have 140 characters, right? Mm -hmm. People actually go ahead and they their tweets get cut off. 
there's a lot of privacy-related tweets that actually have the hashtag priv in it, and oh, they man. all relate back to privacy. It's like somebody out there got their tweets all cut off, and it, it seems to happen extremely often, like where it's just hashtag priv. They don't actually have hashtag privacy in there. It's hashtag priv for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like that, and, and aside from... Like I said, uh, if you were to Google it before the news actually broke, it all led to privacy-related things, which, you know, I can see the point on it. It doesn't change my opinion on the name. It's still stupid. Yeah. If you think about it, <laughs> as Alex mentioned, it's going to help the SEO, right? Yeah. Because it is a pretty unique name. We can give them that. But you got to think about how they position this. And I think I, I'm, I'm doing an article on it in, to, going full. If you look up Priv, which obviously is in privacy, privilege, and a bunch of other words. It comes from the Latin, which talks about separation, right? It being apart, restriction. And really, a lot of that is what is going to be put into this slider device. You know, the restriction and separation of the Android for work partition on the device. This, obviously, the security, which separates your personal data from, obviously, your corporate data. I mean, there's a lot of root meanings that can kind of be attached here. And as well, just the way they position the name as well. Chris, you mentioned that Media Relations reached out with you and corrected. It is not the BlackBerry Priv. It's the Priv by BlackBerry. And I think that's such a respectful way to honor a core BlackBerry device like the BlackBerry Passport or the BlackBerry Classic. Whereas Priv by BlackBerry can be a separation and then, of course, powered by Android. So I think it was so a really have respectful a, thing for them to do. It's not the BlackBerry Priv. It's the Priv by BlackBerry. Can you have a Priv <coughs> by Samsung? Sure. Why not? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to buy it, sure. <laughs> if you're going to sell it, I mean, why not? I think it's just, I think it's just important separation yeah. there to separate it from this isn't a BlackBerry device. Mm-hmm. It's an Android device by BlackBerry. And I think okay. that is the real message that the, the naming kind of scheme lays out for users. Am I the only one who finds it weird, the wording, um, how all the news outlets are like, BlackBerry teams up with Google to uh, a- a- to announce a Android device, and it's like, BlackBerry, I don't know, I don't get the feeling that BlackBerry teamed up with Google, I just feel like they, they just... It's, there's, there's too much miswording happening, and nobody's yeah. actually seeking to go ahead and correct it, because John Tan specifically said, yeah, we're working with Google on it, because that's how the question came across. And working with Google can mean many, many, many yeah. things. It I don't mean think that John, you're using Android. Yeah, okay. like like even before even before all of this, even before all the rumors, like they put out press releases saying that they're working with Google. What was it for? It was for Android for work. Like they're listed as a MDM partner on the Android for Work website. So technically they are working with Google. Anybody can say that they're working with Google. I don't think John Ten is up in Mountain View, California, sitting there with everybody trying to figure out exactly how this how this uh, Priv device is going to be secure or anything like that. It's just something that you know we're working with Google. We're working with Android. It doesn't. There's too much miswording happening, and people are just running with it, and not actually you know looking to clarify it. It just it sounds better when you say that you're working with Google. Yeah, you know, which I th- I think Google, you know, 
people, I think Google would be welcome to helping BlackBerry out. Like, say they had a question of, like, you know, we're trying to integrate this with the system, and we don't know if it's possible. Um, maybe they can reach out to some Google engineers, and I feel like Google would actually be more prompt to possibly help them, because this phone, you know, being able to have Android on a more secure phone, that does nothing but help Google. So, in a way, like, this is obviously a good thing for Google. They're probably willing to help, but, like, Google probably has probably doesn't know all the source code of how they're securing Android and all this. Like, this is a patent or, you know, virtual uh, property of BlackBerry. So it doesn't mean that they partnered up together and they're doing everything together. But yeah. I'm sure Google has a hand out there if, if BlackBerry needs a little bit of help. Yeah, just like, they do, hand, but... just like they do for all their approved OEM partners. Yeah. Like, you know, yep. they obviously have some contacts and they can reach out, like you said. But, you know, like, again... John Chen is not sitting up in Mountain View at whatever the hell the building is, 44 or whatever, Yeah, and hashing out the terms and relations of how this device is going to run. But they are, technically speaking, working with Google. It's just a play on words. But Yeah, I'm working with Google, too. I mean, yeah. we're, we're, we're working with Google right now on this. Hangout. <laughs> I mean, depending on how you want to call it. It's like, funny, my, yeah. my mouse just died in the middle of the stream, so I had to like run and get a new uh, a new battery. Very flow upstream powered by Android. And powered Black. by Android. <laughs> and Blackberry. Yeah. Blackberry powers the content, Google powers the operation. And, and really, it's a metaphor for, for what's going to be coming on this Priv device as well. So <laughs> good call on that, Brandon. <laughs> but overall earnings, they missed across the board, right? They missed yeah. on almost everything. And John Chen still seemed pretty chipper. He's like, yeah, guys, I know, I know. But we have this new stuff coming. Um, Vez 12 seems to be, of course, picking up traction. They're working on integrating good, the ad hoc acquisition as well. We actually got some numbers on the ad hoc acquisition, as John Chen mentioned them in some of his interviews and, and, and write-ups, where he spent about $250 million on ad hoc, which is more than I thought they would spend on, on a company like that for the crisis communication platform. Mm -hmm. so, uh, it was pretty interesting to see, and it was funny. He made a quip. Someone uh, questioned him, you know, how much do you expect to make? Like about fifty million a quarter off of this? And he was like, I wish, you know, <laughs> please, <laughs> please, yeah, write that up. That that'll that'll be good. <laughs> Which again, no, I'm sorry, they, James. Go ahead. You know, as they digest these acquisitions, do you guys really think they're going to be able to start putting the numbers in? We have that five hundred million number that we're looking at by the end of fiscal year 2016. We're already halfway there. I just threw in, yeah, I mean, I just threw in a calculator really quick. So they, like, they claim that they, or their revenue for the quarter was $490 million, and they say 15% of that was software and services. So 15% of 490 is 70, multiply it by, you know, four quarters or whatever. It ends up coming out to about $300 million. So it's a little bit worrisome that they're only sitting at 15% software and services, being a solid 200000 off, probably more than that. Um, from having the $500 million a year for software. Obviously, the good acquisition, I mean, they bought the thing for $500 million, so I, I, does anyone know necessarily like, how much money, because they weren't a private company at the time, do we even know how much money they're actually making in revenue per year? Well, the issue, <laughs> they were losing money. <laughs> well, yeah. The issue, Alex, is that the, the, the way the accounting is done, they have a non-GAAP loss, and non-GAAP means non-generally accepted accounting practices, which means... Non-GAAP takes into account the capital expenditures of buying of buying all these acquisitions. So, for instance, that's going to take into account um, cash flow going out of the company to purchase these companies, 
um, and that's not looking at the background stuff. So if you if you look for if you look at the gap um, on a sh per share basis, which gets rid of those capital expenditures and looks at the, the raw um, operating costs, the company is actually doing pretty well. It's just that in terms of the accounting, they have to add in these capital expenses to purchase these acquisitions, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, it shows that they're actually investing in their company, investing in other opportunities, but in terms of the actual paper, like the sheet, the paper trail at the end of the quarter, it hits them every quarter they make an investment like this because they can't hide it on the sheet. They're going to have to spend that money and it's going to be cash that they have to spend, yeah. which means out, out, like the, the outcome is going to be, they're going to have less revenue uh, when you look at their total expenses. That's why I didn't expect this this quarter to actually show any positive results because they made two acquisitions. They bought ad hoc and they bought good. Like anybody who is thinking that this would turn up rosy for them this time around was probably not in their right mind because you know you can't you can't buy two companies without having your bottom line affected in some sort of way, and they have to show those results on the paperwork, like Brandon Which said. Which won't so. be for next quarter, though. Like, that's not even... Yeah, well, that's what, John, that's what John Chen said, you know? Like, Q2 was not that great, Q3 is going to be better, and Q4 is going to be even better than Q3. So yep. that's, that's the expectation that he has set, and... You know, I don't. I don't necessarily looking at all the numbers and taking everything under consideration. I don't think he's necessarily wrong with that. But you know, they're they're still struggling in some areas. Like they're still trying to make up those system access fees from old BlackBerry OS yeah. devices. So, but you know, that that stuff's going to continue to decline. Yeah, and it, it it's something that's but, haunting. The system access fee has been haunting them ever since they moved yeah. into BlackBerry Ten, and. It, it really they need to they need to be able to ditch that so that they can actually start you know turning some real numbers on it, it as soon as that is going to haunt them until it entirely disappears yeah. it's going to it's be at, coming up at forty three percent right now for people yeah. wondering uh, but also I'd like to caution people that this quarter's results didn't include the good acquisition mm -hmm. it only included ad hoc so I mean an ad hoc when you look at it on a on a cost uh, Basis compared to the good acquisition, it's very small compared to the good mobile yeah. um, security acquisition. So next quarter, they're going to be hurt pretty badly in terms of cash flow, uh, simply because they're going to be marketing the priv, likely. So putting out cash on marketing. <laughs> marketing the priv. Yeah, we right. hope. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, we hope they will be marketing the priv. It's going to be pretty tough next quarter unless they make a lot of money. <laughs> And, and devices. Blaze and I are going to be marketing the <laughs> No, but uh, it's a good point to bring up that they are they're, they're pushing themselves forward. The engine takes gas, right? And gas is expensive, period, point blank. So to keep fueling their continued turnaround, it's going to take money and it's going to take more time. The question is, will they hit that target that they've set for themselves? And as Alex mentioned, if you look at the numbers pretty closely, there is a little bit of a gap there. So hopefully they can start making up some ground. John Chen also mentioned they're looking at some tuck-in acquisitions to really focus and nail down on some of the IoT and as well as security aspects of the overall platform. So we're not going to see things at the same scope of what we saw with the good acquisition. We are going to see other things that help complement BlackBerry's overall strategy. So that's something we do have 
looking uh, at least forward. As well, BlackBerry 10 users can rejoice. Their BlackBerry 10 is not abandoned. Yay! <laughs> I don't know. Define abandoned. <laughs> John Chen mentioned 10.3.3 uh, by March, and he also in the earnings call mentioned 10.3.4. So we're looking at at least two updates coming down the pipe now. Whether there's something beyond that is really the question. We've been in this kind of maintenance mode for about over six months right now. So to say that they're going to extend that a little bit longer is a little bit obvious because we've already been there. And the updates we're going to get are not going to be these substantial updates. They're going to be very much like 10.3.2. They focus on you know anti-theft features for privacy, things like adding in the private browsing in the BlackBerry browser as a separate browser instance. Those small, small things are going to help increase the security of the devices because BlackBerry 10 still holds that competitive advantage over anything secure Android or Perv-based, right? And as well, if you think about it a little bit further, there, John Chen mentioned he's going to work on like NIAP certification for the devices, for all BlackBerry 10 devices. So again, it's going to elevate BlackBerry 10, just not really in a consumer direction. If you are a consumer who's interested in BlackBerry, you're really going to be looking at getting something like the Priv so that you've got access to all your applications. What did John Chen mention? I know you guys probably watched some of the interviews. What did he mention when talking about kind of keeping up with BlackBerry 10 and maybe migrating to Android? Is there a path to make that happen, or is it only going to be based on the success of this Android device? Well, to put it bluntly, he basically said if Android does well, BlackBerry 10 is done. <laughs> you know, that's, that's pretty much it. That's the lay of the land. He'll if he can get if he can get the uh, regulated industries and governments to be able to go ahead and accept the security on Android, then BlackBerry 10 is pretty much done. So, but like I said, there's still at least two updates in the pipe for it. But and you know, a, a lot of people are saying too that it's like. Well, you know, why not just develop BlackBerry 10 in the background? You just need to hire one or two developers and just, you know, just it's not, it's not that big of a deal. But but think of it like you're selling devices, you have to support them, you have to staff support, you have, you know, to have security updates promptly pushed out, you have to have carrier relationships for that specific, you know, operating system. Like there's a lot to it running and maintaining two completely separate operating systems more than just having a couple developers continuing to develop it. It's never just that easy or that black and white. Yeah, unfortunately, somebody, you know, a lot of people seem to think that you can hire 10 people and everything will be fine. That's not really how it works. You need way more people to be able to maintain that situation, and BlackBerry doesn't have that many people to do that at this point. So, Yeah, if you think about it, they go Android. They really have no skin in the game when it comes to the OS. They don't have to front that that whole support for the operating system, they could just be like, if you have any problems with Android, just go talk to Google. Um, if you have any problems with how the operating system is functioning on your device, um, they no longer have to maintain that support staff that go, uh, this is how you use notifications in your Android, or this is how you add email or something. And, and that'll come down to maybe in the future, they might have a skin in the game depending on how that BlackBerry hub works on the grid and stuff like that. Um, but as it is on the raw terms, they go Android, there's a whole bunch of uh, weight off their shoulders, so to speak, in terms of supporting that OS. There, you know, there, 
they're still going to have to support, especially for enterprises, like they can't just sell a phone and say, Android, oh, go talk to Google. I don't think you can just call up Google customer support and be like, hey, you know, I have a Samsung Galaxy and, you know, it's, it's running <laughs> touch with, but I need some help because some weird stuff is going on. They're going to say, no, call up Gal or call up Samsung. Like it's it's an open source operating system that they, that doesn't mean, hey, you know, if I make something open source, that doesn't mean if everyone uses it, I'm going to free support them. That's not how it works. Um, if it's a problem with like Google Play services specifically or, or very you know essential Google products from Google, then that's one thing. But I think BlackBerry is still going to have to have their own support. No yeah, different than having BlackBerry. They're still going to have to have their own support for devices and stuff like that. There's, there's more resources, resources online, though. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, is that he he doesn't have to generally put any money necessarily into it. Like he doesn't have to pay for the ecosystem. He doesn't have to pay for any new drivers. Like that was one key thing that he highlighted in the conversation was, you know, Android Android is basically like an all-in-one package. He doesn't have to pay for the drivers to be able to go ahead and support Android. He doesn't have to, you know, work out any sort of deals for the ecosystem or anything like that. You just put Android on it and there you go, you know. There, yeah. There's very little investment on BlackBerry's behalf to actually make that transition in there. And that was one of the things that... that you know, leads back to why BlackBerry, you're not going to see a BlackBerry 10 slider, unfortunately, is because yep, he, drivers, has, man. he mm -hmm. has to, yeah, he would have to lay out the money for the drivers to be able to go ahead and do that. And I know that there are a certain, certain amount of people out there saying, well, just do a small production run. And that's all fine and dandy, but a small production run doesn't equate to the amount of money that would actually be put out to be able to go ahead and do that in the first place. You know, and there's no guarantee that that small production run will outsell. You yeah. know, like you you can't just do a small production run in that sort of capacity, yeah. especially if they've never actually delved into it to begin with. If they never had any intention of releasing a BlackBerry 10 slider at this point in time, that would be going back in time. They'd have to have to develop those drivers, develop everything for it, develop all the systems for it, and then do the production run, which would cost them way more money. Like, they, you know, realistically, they laid off all of the people that would be able to go ahead and accomplish this. And that's unfortunate, and, you know, it's just the way it is. That's the uh, I think that's uh, the issue that in general the market is having a tough time understanding, especially when you look at crazy valuations for tech companies. Is that it doesn't follow the traditional, you know, supply and demand model in terms of you know if I have this much demand, I can create and scale my product um, to only be this many that get produced. When you develop software, you're essentially putting the R and D capital in that software right away and then it gets duplicated and sent to people. But you can't just say, I want two softwares built. Like, it doesn't work like that. You have to put up the upfront costs right away, and then you, you have economies of scale depending on how many people purchase it and stuff, but it doesn't work quite in the same sense as if you say, I'm going to develop and, and create, like, ten chairs. I create a chair. I can create five chairs instead of having to create 500. But you can't say, I can create two softwares instead of creating 500 softwares. And I think that's, in general, people have a hard time understanding that, not just with BlackBerry, but um, with Twitter and, and, and Facebook and stuff like that. They have these crazy valuations and stuff, even though they're 
the revenues don't necessarily match with those uh, those valuations, and that's because a lot of people just don't understand how to value um, software and things like that. So it's a general issue. One day. <laughs> yeah. So James, your thoughts? That <laughs> mm. you you've been quiet and you went on a little bit of a mini rant last week. <laughs> trying to stay trying to stay calm. Uh, <laughs> I'm that guy sitting in the burning room like everything is fine, everything is fine. Here, you know, I don't want to get people's hopes up. You know, I really don't. But there is a potential for them to build the slider device, put in the Passport hardware platform, which already has the drivers built, obviously update some of the specs in terms of maybe things like the Adreno, the RAM, but work off the quad-core processor and resell a repackaged Passport, more or less, as a slider running BlackBerry 10. So, but again, it, right now, it's just not cost-conducive, right? Sell the, sell the Android phone. That's your so new thing that's working. Just, just, so, just, so, just so that we're clear, basically take the Passport guts, put it in a slider, and put BB10 on it. Yes, exactly. And, you know, maybe if you're putting 4 gigs of RAM in there, maybe you're doing a, a bigger battery, maybe you've got some other modifications, maybe the SE version, if it does come out, is a BlackBerry 10 version, but running on a software platform that BlackBerry's already paid for the drivers and support to be made. Uh, you know, would some fans appreciate it? Definitely. I think some would. But again, is it cost-conducive to go make that happen? I think Android really would have to be hit out of the park for them to go and do something like that. And it's kind of regressive at the same point because you have literally a much better spec device with the Android one. So. Yeah, I think that would look pretty frowned upon, you know, especially from a BlackBerry 10 user standpoint. They'd be like, well, why do we get the crappy stuff? Why do we but, get the two-year-old stuff, right? But with that said, right, I mean, how many times did they sell us the Z10? They sold it to us like eight times, okay? So, so I mean, for them to say, I mean, that was one of the beauties of the Passport platform, right? It meant that they could build a device like the BlackBerry Leap, putting Passport specs on it, because they've got it all built. They've already paid for the drivers. BlackBerry 10 already works on it. But now we have this Android focus, which has really taken precedence over the ability for them to continue to sell us year-old hardware, two-year-old hardware. So while they could do something to appease those few people who are not going to pick up this device because it's not running BlackBerry 10, again, from a cost, uh, you know, perspective, it's really not going to be beneficial for them to sell maybe a couple thousand, you know, to sell maybe even 10,000. It's just, there's not enough in it for them, I think, to make it a, a long-term thing. All those people who would be potential buyers of the BlackBerry 10 version are those same diehard fans who are going to pick up the Android version anyway, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know about the diehard fans. A lot of the diehard fans are pretty pissed at this point. So <laughs> A lot of the diehard fans are dying. <laughs> The group of BlackBerry fans are very upset with this decision, um, but I know I'm probably going to get a priv. I'll tell you one thing I was joking about before. It'll probably be a lot easier to do these uh, very slow up, uh, upstream podcasts on remote location because then I can just do it from my BlackBerry device. Um, something that you know, I believe like whether. Whether we liked it or not, it just wasn't available on our BlackBerry 10 devices, and it's just one thing that'll be easier. And it's gonna be, you know, my decision on whether I want to get an Android device and, and, and risk that it may be slightly less secure than a BlackBerry 10 device. But I mean, that's ultimately my decision, and and we'll see if that's what the market decides is what they want from BlackBerry. Yeah, time will tell. 
Chris personally. Put it, Chris put it to me in such a perfect way. He's like, James, do you want to help BlackBerry push their Android agenda? And it's like, that's a question BlackBerry's about to ask all their customers, right? <laughs> do you want to support this this Android movement? And and Chris did a nice little write-up on, on some of this, the kernel niceties that may go on in a device like this, using GR security as the base Linux kernel and working, I guess, some software additives on the top end to help work to secure the overall experience. But it's still not a BlackBerry 10 device, right? It doesn't have the flow. It doesn't have the peak and the different things that we all love about BlackBerry 10, and it still doesn't have the security certifications. Now, maybe there is a point where they're going to be able to get there with these devices that they both are at the same kind of security level, and you either pick one for the productivity experience or you pick one for the app experience. And maybe they're able to replicate an experience that is pretty passable on Android. I mean, I'm interested in the in the device, but at the same point, I'm going to hate it when I get it, you know? I know I'm like, yes, I'm going to get it, but I'm also going to loathe it because it's not BlackBerry. And yeah. I'm the kind of guy who is adverse to change, you know? I really am. If I pick up something, I'm going to be swiping on it just like Chen. I'm, I'm just like Chen in that demo, which was awesome. <laughs> I'm just like Chad, I'm going to be swiping up on this thing, like I swipe up on every device, and it's going to take me a while to really, really probably appreciate what BlackBerry has done with the Priv. And I don't know. I, go ahead, Chris. It's, like you said, John Chen, it plans to go ahead and extend as many security enhancements to the Priv as possible. Like, he, he, pretty, he pretty clearly laid it out, whether people listened or not, that's entirely up to them, but he, he laid it out. His attempt is going to be to go ahead and make the most secure. And he, he basically said that he knows that it's not as secure as what BlackBerry 10 is now, but he's hoping to be able to go ahead and get the Priv or essentially their own version of Android up to that par so that it is accepted in regulated industries and uh, government situations. So, you know, it, it's going to come down to people and essentially consumers, whether or not they want to go ahead and wait for John Chen to be able to go ahead and extend those security possibilities or not, you know. We we always talk about the fact that people generally don't care about security, which is, you know, it's pretty true. You know, there there's so many people who really just don't care about security. They care about it when people are talking about it, but then, you know, the next day it's gone. Uh, so I think a lot of the people who who have a general idea about security may not necessarily pick up the priv because they know that it's not as secure as as what BlackBerry 10 is. But then there's also those people who really just don't care about security that are going to go ahead and pick up the priv. And you know, like I said, eventually if John Chen does get those um, cert certifications for security in place, then maybe more people will essentially be on board with it at that point in time. So. Kind of a wait and see approach for for those who are generally interested in actually being secure rather than just you know pretending that they care about security. <laughs> Rocking in their seats, yes, I'm secure, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Alex, let's let's queue up the video of of John Chen just John Chen and the Dolphins. If you watch, doing football, a phenomenal job thing. is what you're same trying thing. to say. Yeah, you're just doing a great job. Yeah, you know, and and realistically. A lot of people have been talking about it. Um, I really think that Chen has never used this device before, um, but I think this is also a reason why you shouldn't necessarily let the CEO of a company, you know, be the first. But this is the first technical, like, public release. 
and he's using it. And like when he's describing it, you know, he says, and and you know, as you can see, it has a touchscreen. It's like, uh, yeah, and it has a camera, and um, and, and like she wanted to slide it open, and he's like, I want to wait for the end. That's normally where I get them. And like it was just a very weird way of going out doing it. And yeah, he slides up to try and minimize the app instead of you know clicking the home button, and uh, it, it just it wasn't very smooth. You need like a Vivek to be like. This is the first hands-on, you know. Check it out, blah blah. blah. Like, not the CEO, um, especially someone who doesn't seem like they've used it much. It, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of problems with that video, and I, I don't want to harp on Chen about it yep. because, you know, whatever. It, the it's cameraman is making me nauseous, guys. Yeah. Like, I can't deal with this cameraman doing the, these quick pans. It's like, wow. like, it, it's almost as if he did. He never fully, really intended to actually go ahead and show it off, but he got wooed by Amber, and Amber was like, "Yeah, show me the device," and he was like, "Ah, okay." So somebody handed him a, a demo device that obviously, clearly, wasn't even set up in any sort of capacity because it still has the live live screen in the background and uh, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, somebody should have. Somebody should have stopped being that and from posting that. That's all. Donnie swoops in out of nowhere. He's like, I don't yeah. work with you guys, but <laughs> Hootsuite runs super well on the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go back to that picture, Alex. The one that uh, Crackberry posted. Super interesting. Chris, talk to us about this image. So a lot of people have had like general concerns about how the screen is actually going to be used, whether or not it's a full dual curve screen like we see on the S6 Edge or whatever. Um, and we've never actually seen any sort of indication of how the actual screen is being used. Now, in the earnings report or at least in, in one of the media roundtables or something like that, it did come out that John Chen said that the screen is being built in the exact same factory as the S6 Edge. So that sort of implies that it's pretty much the exact same screen. But again, we never we never actually saw you know any sort of uh, use cases scenarios for for the edge on the screen. Um, but we had this one uh, tip to us, which basically is just like the battery meter. Um, so essentially, when you actually plug in the device and are charging it, the battery meter appears on the side of the edge of the screen. Uh, so you can see exactly you know, how much battery is uh, left in the device and how much it has to go until it's actually fully charged, which is kind of interesting. I mean... Is this going to go up the entire side? Like uh, 36%. This looks like it might be like 36% of it. Like, do you think it'll go a full 100%? Yeah, from, it's definitely from, it. Yeah, from my understanding that that is uh, the intention, it will actually just go all the way up. Man, I can have my phone plugged in you know, on the corner of my desk, and I could be in my bathroom, like, getting ready for the night, say we're going to go out, you know, brush my teeth or whatever, and I could glimpse in my room and see this this sitting there, and I could get a sense of how charged my phone is from, like, a distance, actually, which is kind of cool. You know what's funny, Alex? I thought that you were going to take the screen ratio of the of the screen, right? I was Measure the 36% and do out the math to tell us more of its dimensions, <laughs> but, you know, that's a little bit redundant, I'd say. <laughs> Chris, is this – John Chen mentioned it's 5.5 inches. He said it was 5.5 in the VNN video. So is it is it 5.4? Is it 5.5? Is it 5.6? Honestly, do I don't think anybody that? actually knows. I think I think it's like 5.4, 5.5, 5.6, somewhere around there. I, I honestly really don't know. 
you know, it, do, does those either point to either way really make much of a difference? I doubt it. If yeah. I had to, if I had to put a guess, I'd say five point four. Yeah, they they had a nice background going in this uh this demo at least though. They had the particles flying around. No man, that's like the stock live screen. Get that crap off there. <laughs> it was a nice mix-up for a change. No, no. That's how you. That's how you know the device was first booted and never even actually okay. set up. <laughs> yeah, you know he clicked Chrome. He the, the funny part is he was planning on going into Chrome, going to a website so he can show the scrolling up and down. And he opened up Chrome, and it was like, "Welcome to your first time in Chrome. Would you like to link an account?" And he just kind of like. He froze for a second there, and he's like, then he just started describing, and he's like, so, you know, if you're on a website, you can scroll up and down or typing a message. Like, it kind of threw him off his game. It looked like he literally pulled this thing out right off the shelves. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Let's talk about another death. Oh, wait, Buckingham's not dead. Um, well, let's, talk about <laughs> another, uh, let's talk about another sad, sad story. Let's talk about BBM Video and whether this is going to exist on this Android phone. I highly doubt it, but what do you guys think? You think this, this slider device running in the Android version of BBM will somehow have access to BBM video? Because I hope it's a so. device? Yeah, I would hope, but I don't think so. I mean, all it really takes is for them to go ahead and push an update to BBM, and then it's there. I mean, it doesn't take much on the back end to be able to go ahead and add it in, unless there's some sort of unknown problematic symptom that we don't necessarily know about. It's not that they can't do it. It's that they just don't. chose. Yeah, they basically chose not to, at least as far as we know. It uh, could be so, fairly you know. expensive, though, to release. Like, I, I know they don't have... They, like, the, the odd bit is there are more BBM users on Android than there are BlackBerry 10. So like, if you went and released this feature to a larger number of people, like that might be fairly expensive bandwidth-wise if people do choose to use it. But then again, it might... like. I don't know, band, we really don't necessarily know how much bandwidth costs, but I don't think it's necessarily like, totally cheap if people are doing it. At this point, I think bandwidth should be the least of their damn concerns. <laughs> but but <laughs> if know? BBM's not making them any money, though, do you really want to bleed it dry? It doesn't matter. You don't yeah. You don't offer somebody something. You don't take away something that somebody already has. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, If you get a feature and it works, bandwidth should be the least of your damn concerns. You have a whole That's network... True. You have a whole network of operational servers that people are working on, and if you actually want BBM to succeed and turn around some money, then obviously you go ahead and you put the damn feature in. It's really not that complicated. Yeah. Again, I unless it, there's unless there's something within Android that I don't know about that is affecting it from being implemented, maybe I don't think so. But I'm just saying, like, just you, put it in. Yeah. There. You bring up a good point because, like, people who move from BlackBerry 10 to Android, essentially they are being stripped away of a feature. So mm -hmm. if you say you use it frequently, say that you have a kid and you like to FaceTime, you know, is a chance to get to see him or just whatever, um, just being stripped away from that, that might be reason enough. I guess you could always use, like, oh, Kind of like, kinda like how but... I lost Bridge when I got my BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, kind of like yeah. how I lost BlackBerry Protect when I got my BlackBerry 10 device and couldn't do uh, uh, wireless backups. Kind of like, I don't know, what else? 
Let's let's not go down that road, Brandon. What what Brandon's trying to say is that there is precedent for them removing features. (laughs) This is a historical thing that happens every you know couple months. We lose something, (laughs) maybe not months, but uh, (laughs) I want to transition to the latter end of our cast here and speak on some of the questions and topic suggestions from our Patreon supporters on our private BBM channel for BB Upstream. You know, this is the best way to get us to speak about your different topics and things like that on air. These guys are awesome, so we're going to answer some of their questions. This one's from Joe. If there is a BlackBerry 10 version of the Priv, how could BlackBerry 10 take advantage of the curved screen? So again, we've already talked that it's probably not likely, but if they were to bring it over, how would you guys see them adapting BlackBerry 10 to the curved screen of the S6 Edge's you know, dual curve? You know, I, I really don't think it necessarily matters if it's BB10 or if it's Android. Like, they can do cool stuff regardless of the operating system. Um, I guess, like, that picture we saw of the charging on the side, that could be on BlackBerry 10, too. Why does it matter? It's not yeah. an Android exclusive. Um, I guess, you know, to open up our eyes a little bit more, I really... I, I Is this what Chen was talking about when he's talking about the incredible things about the, you know, the the dual-edge screens, or are we going to see some other good ideas? Um, I, I don't know. I guess you could just throw out like a lot of what Galaxy is doing with their edges, but I personally at least am not a big fan of just having like you know quick apps or, I don't know, somebody else might have a better idea. I, honest, I honestly just want them to steal it, whatever the hell Samsung is actually doing. You know what right. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if, if all of those apps that exist that work on the, on the Samsung uh, S6 Edge screen all of those ones, because what what Samsung did was they basically put out a developer kit for people to be able to go ahead and tap into the Edge screen, right? So all of those uh-huh. applications already exist. So why can't, you know, aside from the obvious, like, you know, I don't know, copyright infringement or stealing of resources, whatever you want to label it, um, factor there, why can't all of those apps essentially just go ahead and utilize the exact same thing? Definitely. I would say if, if they were to do something on the BlackBerry 10 side of things, I mean, we have these overflow menus on BlackBerry 10, so th- those little icons, they could dock those on the curve and make them kind of accessible. Um, the same thing is available here in BlackBerry Hub with the accounts. They could dock just the icon, not the text. Yeah. So like, like this, and put that banner permanently on the curve so that you have the kind of the full hub experience on the main screen and then on the curve, you've got that quick access to your different accounts. Now, that's if they were to use a BlackBerry 10. That's very likely not going to happen. But what could happen on the BlackBerry Android version of this device is we saw that there was a massive shortcuts menu where there were different icons that would send you to specific tasks on the device. Imagine then if those icons could be accessed with a quick swipe on the edge of the screen. So it's like a customizable kind of edge, similar to what Samsung does, but again, focused in on BlackBerry's own productivity shortcuts and things like that. That could be pretty cool to do on on the device. We have another kind of comment here from one of our uh, Patreons, Mike Robinson, and I just like this comment. It's not a question, but we could kind of talk on it a little bit. Uh, I don't want an Android phone, but there's no denying that it looks pretty awesome. I imagine if it sells well, they may launch a BB10 model. However, I don't reckon they'll want to confuse the market of Android fans by offering an alternative at first. I'm just hoping it's a massive hit. And, you know, I can really agree with that latter part right there. I really just hope it's a hit. Like, I'm not even thinking about a BlackBerry 10 version right now. I just want this one device to be successful. 
we have we have another question here, and I really want you guys to speak on yeah. this one. This one's from Rob over on our private BBM channel. Whatever happened to the BlackBerry Keenan? Is that the silver passport? It sure as hell seems to be. <laughs> I would say if there's anything close to it, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Whatever happened to that? I wish they did a little bit more follow-through, right? Or explanation as to what went down. It's one of those things. <laughs> I, could, I could probably actually dig a little bit more into that one. But... All right, guys. Chris, Blaze is on a mission now. <laughs> <laughs> so are we likely to see similar OS update rollout method for BlackBerry's Android as BB10, or do you guys expect kind of a Nexus-style rollout? And that was from Sam over in Australia. Do you guys expect BlackBerry to kind of stick to their own broken update schedule, or are they going to stay more in line with what Google's doing? I think they'll be Good pushed question. a little bit, um, obviously, by Google, because there, there are little scenarios like, um, I guess, that are coming with Marshmallow, like Android Pay, and which I, I think you can use it backdated, I'm not sure. But I think they'll be pushed a little bit to implement certain features, um, more so than just holding off on them. But then again, we don't really know yet how how difficult is it going to be for them to put their you know security over Marshmallow, for instance, and then how quickly can they get it out? Again, it's going to be something that we've never seen with BlackBerry before, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it's tough to even guess that. It's something yes. that we're really just going to have to see. Probably not Nexus style. Probably yeah, not Nexus, not Nexus no. style, but hopefully they, they keep up to date a little bit better than what they did with BlackBerry 10 because the rollouts with BlackBerry 10 were, let's, you know, they were pretty damn confusing at times with certain yeah. regions getting certain variations and then other regions getting other variations and, you know, long spans in between. So hopefully with the move to Android, there will be a little bit more consistency, but I don't believe that they, I don't believe that they can go full Nexus style because of the fact that, you know, they don't, they don't really control that portion of it, so. They, I don't think it's going to be Nexus style because they'll probably have to vet the OS for any security flaws. Yeah. And just to make sure, because if they put an OS on their devices, that's telling their customers that this is a device, uh, this is an OS that we've looked at, and it's going and it's secure, and we we have our seal of approval on it. So I actually think it might take longer. Uh, than typical to get OS updates just because they have to, you know, dot their I's, cross their T's, and make sure everything is in there's no loopholes in the OS. As long as there's one a year and it's scheduled, you tell me the date and it launches on that date, I'll be happy. We have another question here from Tim Grant. He says, I'm just thinking that if I move to Perv, my speed of thought would have to slow down to that of Android. Watching Chen try to swipe a priv and realize Android is too dumb to gesture, move, and share like BlackBerry sticks in my head. So his question is, do you guys think we're going to be ha able to have the same kind of instant notifications that a lot of people are familiar with? I don't know. I guess it comes down to what kind of instant notifications because if I sit, I have, I have a Moto G here sitting next to my passport and it gets the same notifications at pretty much the exact same time. Sometimes it even comes in quicker, so I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things. When it comes down to notifications, I don't really notice too many differences between the two, depending on how your device is actually set up. Um, I do believe, though, that 
you know, maybe maybe some BlackBerry 10 users are probably not going to feel as accomplished using Android because of the fact that it does seem to be a little bit slower in terms of, like, navigating. I mean, you can say whatever the hell you want about BlackBerry 10, but, you know, moving around that OS is quick. Like, you can fly through screens. You can get to where you need to go almost instantaneously. And, and you know, I, I said on, on, on the last Berry Flow that I didn't even genuinely really like Android because of the because some of those things that were implemented on Android, this little slowness that you, you do experience. Now, granted, Android has gotten much better over the years in terms of the speed of the operating system and stuff like that, but I, I don't know. it's still one of those things where you're, you probably are going to find yourself a little bit slower using Android than what you are on BlackBerry 10 because, again, Say whatever you want about the apps, the ecosystem, say whatever you want about BlackBerry, but BlackBerry 10 just flies when you're moving through the operating system itself. Definitely does. Yeah, and, and BlackBerry is the... Yeah, BlackBerry, BlackBerry is literally... What they're trying to do is make Android more productive. So, I mean, yes, like if BlackBerry does their job right, then we should feel equally productive on Android. Yeah. That's the other side of the equation as well. What is BlackBerry doing to Android to increase the productivity? Hopefully, they'll take some of that feeling away from you, and you won't feel like you have to, you know, slow yourself down or dumb yourself down to to the Android system. But, you know, at this point in time, we don't know. And to be fair, I don't think that anybody should go by what what uh, was previewed by Judge and in, in, in his hands-on demo. I don't think I don't think that was any sort of any sort of indication as to what the system is capable of or that specific device is capable of because again, you know, it, that looks like it was just booted up and started from nothing yeah. and you know if he if he thought that he could swipe on it then that's a clear indication that he wasn't using the device right anyway. So Absolutely. It's a, clear, it's a clear indication that his version is a BlackBerry 10. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is the comment that follows up from Mark Robinson. One of my favorite features of BlackBerry 10 is when a message comes in, I can read and reply to it without interrupting what I'm doing, watching the upstream webcast, for example, during my commute to work. Again, one of those awesome things that I've, I've, been, at a, a, I've been at a wedding, right, and I was able to hold my camera up while recording like the wedding dance and, and whatnot, like the spouse's first dance, and I'm actually like texting the whole time I'm recording this video through the instant notifications. So I'm having conversations while I'm multitasking and actually recording a video in 1080p. That's the kind of stuff I really do love BlackBerry 10 for, and hopefully we can get a semblance of that on this Android device. Anyway, if you want to ask us questions for our next podcast, please visit us at berryflow.com forward slash Patreon. We've got a bunch of pledge tiers there. You get weekly newsletters and a bunch of other goodies and, again, access to our private VVM channel. I want to thank everyone for their contributions on this particular episode, and we will see you guys next week. Hopefully we'll have some more news about the priv. You know what? Before we before we close out here, guys, please check blackberry.com and tell me whether or not you like those advertisements are not for the priv. What do you guys think? Do you guys think that's strong marketing coming from BlackBerry? Uh, why'd you have to bring that up, James? Because <laughs> I think I think BlackBerry really needs to hear what the feedback is on that. One, the font is is crap. I don't know what kind of font they're using there. It's like a, it's like a Myriad Pro or, or or some kind of like 
Trojan Pro. It's pretty awful. This image yeah. is like you, you have this device. This device exists. You have it in the real. It's already in the market. Like, why Why would you do a render of it, you know? I just... You know what, though? You know what it shows? It shows that they're actually putting the co-op students at BlackBerry to work by, uh, <laughs> again, do these uh, graphic designs, you know? But, dude, they could have tossed Marco like 100 bucks, and he would have did a better job. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Like, come on. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, even, like, you have this as a real device. Like, go ahead and uh, just, why not? It doesn't make any sense. You've got, like, especially, like, the Silver Edition, right? Like, you could have done a real-lifestyle scene and, and gotten it in there. <laughs> Alex is making fun of me here in the chat. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> I'll give them, I'll, I'll gladly give them credit for actually going ahead and updating the website, though, because, like, as soon as that news comes out, they're, you know... That should be the number one spot where they are directing people to to be able to go ahead and find out a little bit more information. So kudos to actually having something up there and something ready. Um, you know, thumbs down on the uh, it not looking very appealing at this point in time. Like, where is the device? Like, you know, I, I feel as though that it, they made this announcement, but they still haven't even put out any official renders or anything like that. Like, you know, I love... I love Evan because he gave us a, a, a render of the device that BlackBerry has has essentially announced, but we still have to use that render because none of the official pictures are actually out there. Like, they have one picture, which is kind of blurry, that just says Smart Slide on it. And it's the guy sliding up the slider. Like, at least toss up a real picture of the device to get people, like, someone interested in it. Like... There's nothing to even go by on, on these images. All we have is a little black block that says Priv, and it looks like it was made in a PowerPoint presentation. Like, come on. You know? Like, it really yeah, was. like, come on. Like, oh. And then, like, this one for Smart Slide, it's like, is that a feature? Is that just you just trying to be clever? Like, it's is, so yeah, vague. Like, yeah, what's smart what, about it, I guess? Is that what you're calling it? Yeah. I'm I'm going to assume that basically the smart slide feature. This is obviously they took the time to go ahead and highlight it. You know what they're going to basically do? At least in my head, they're going to basically say like when you slide it up, it knows that you slid up the screen, and then when you slide it down, it knows that you slid the screen down. So you can but, use the on-screen keyboard, or when it's slid upward, it knows that you automatically have slid the screen up and that you can use the actual physical keyboard versus the on-screen that, keyboard. That's that smart slide. That image is kind of misleading, because if you look at it, it looks like you can see the keys under the screen, yeah. like, transparently. Yeah. yeah, it's just them trying to do, you know, it... Eh. It was probably quickly done, and how else do you show a sliding movement? And and you know, Chris, like maybe you you open up an email and it just automatically shoots open. It's smart. Uh, it knows that you want to. That would be great. That's, I don't know. That's so Vista. <laughs> I don't know, but apparently, like, obviously, obviously, we know that at least John Ten and let's say the whole company was kind of surprised by all of the leaks. I don't know whether or not they actually were surprised by the leaks. They shouldn't really have been surprised by the leaks. If it was my company and I saw all these leaks happening weeks ago, I would have had some marketing material ready by now. But it does seem as though that they were kind of like, oh, crap, 
the Priv name leak, so let's go ahead and get something up there. And you know, hopefully they'll they'll improve upon the marketing and some of the artwork and stuff like that. Definitely, it's uh, it's weird because we still have yet to see like a, a totally legitimate version of the hub, and you know all of these things kind of in. That's what I'm saying, We've man. We've seen so many leaks that it's like either one of two things: the hub is not done, or BlackBerry is somehow you know releasing these leaks. Yet they're not creating marketing material because these people who are reviewing it, they purposely say, "Look how great! Look, there's a hub there." But I'm not gonna click it. So even it's... John Ten didn't click on the hub or nothing. Yeah, like, come on. That would have been the one thing like to do. But <laughs> yeah. let me let me load Google Chrome instead to make my point. Right? <laughs> Look, it's got a web browser. Yeah. Come the on. Touch screen. It does all the things the. Uh... The uh, the smart the cool smartphones are doing these days. It's got a browser. <laughs> I I would be just I would just be happy if they would stick up a real picture of the device. Honestly, like if they were like use the, use the same marketing that they have on the website now, just stick a real picture of the device beside it as well. Like come on, don't don't give me this this ominous block of blackness that doesn't even indicate anything. I'm like, what the hell is this? Come on. I'm hoping it ramps up and they do have a lot that's kind of in the pocket yet to be released because this device is it. You know, this this is it. This is the device. If any device of Blackberries over the last two years needed to be successful, it was the Z10 that's gonna happen. And then this device. So hopefully they've got a new wind behind them and this device really can go forward and sell. Well we've seen a lot of good things so far. That's what we what we were basically discussing earlier, James. It's like they have to nail this device. They have to like, and we've we've discussed it several times. Like even even before all the, all the actual real information came out, like they have to nail this. If they don't nail it, like if there's one single possible thing that is off on this device, and they end up getting crucified for it, that's it. Like it's down the toilet. Like you know. They have to nail the pricing. They have to nail the hardware. They have to nail the operating system so that it's not, uh, you know, it's not too overbearing or anything like that. They just have to nail everything. They have to make people want this device. And I don't know. I, I, I kind of joked with you the other night. Like, there had to BlackBerry had to do one single thing that would screw up this device. And I was like, well, I guess we found it with the Prib name. <laughs> I really hope it comes in with some smart pricing. The pricing I've heard is five ninety nine, six ninety nine U.S. Canada. However, if they were to undercut that even by fifty dollars, you know, yeah, it's going to hurt your margin for the long term run of the device. So as it's in market, being able to reduce it less because you started at a lower price. Yeah. But if they got real smart with this pricing and it's like right on that edge of affordable and and, and kind of expensive. I think it may sway someone from going to a device that's more expensive, like the S6 Edge, which is a very premium device for pricing concerns, and be able to kind of keep their margin of obviously revenue and profit on the device, but still make it you know enticing for those potential people who do want to make the jump to it. I said it on the forums, and I'll say it again: anything over seven hundred dollars, and they blew it. That's yeah. like nobody yeah. will look at it. Like is six, does six ninety nine count as blowing it? In Canada? No, six ninety six ninety nine Canadian is like my highest price point. And when I when I say I have a really bad habit of actually just thinking about things in Canadian, not thinking about things in U.S. But like six ninety nine Canadian, whatever the hell the conversion rate is on that, I don't know these days. But if it's over six ninety nine 
Canadian. They're done. Yeah, Just everything's don't so even bother. The dollar is like killing us. I can't buy anything anymore. Yeah, it'd be five twenty-four if it was seven hundred dollars in Canadian. Man, and so you know it's gonna be, it's gonna be if, like five ninety-nine, six ninety. Yeah, I, I almost that, can guarantee. That that's the thing. That's the thing. I would yeah, give. Yes, so it'll them, be eight hundred dollars Canadian. I would give them a five ninety-nine American and six ninety-nine Canadian. If they don't hit those two price points, then don't even bother. Like, don't just don't. <laughs> Well, I'm you say five ninety nine American, but that's yeah. eight hundred Canadian. Yeah, that. I'm just making up the difference price per yeah. market. You know how John Chen likes his price per market quote because. Okay. Whatever. But gotcha. if it comes at six ninety nine Canadian or five ninety nine US, that's perfect. If they go anything beyond that, then just don't like. But then look at the uh, like look at what Apple is doing with their iPhones and their subscription service. I mean, I would love a subscription yeah. service. For I mean, you could basically get a brand new iPhone every year for over three fifty dollars. Yeah. American. Um, they're try It's funny because they're trying to hide the price. Like this is finally the year that they totally be like, you know, new iPhone starting at six ninety nine. But now they're saying new iPhone starting at two hundred dollars, and and it's kind of like it probably helps people, you know, get. It helps get people's foot in the door, thinking, "Oh, only two hundred dollars, and I get the new iPhone." Yes, um, it's so. kind of like Subway. When I went to Subway today, <laughs> no, seriously, bro, seriously, yes, oh, he's true. Totally, that's a good point. I went, I went to Subway today. Good point. And, and I went to order a sub, and the guy didn't tell me that they didn't have either turkey or ham, but he had me in the lineup already. He had my bread cut. And he had like my condiments on the bread, so I couldn't say no. I wasn't gonna be like, no, I don't want it now because he ain't got no turkey and no ham. I just ended up getting a crappy sub that I didn't even really enjoy because he already had me in the lineup and he already had me in the store. So I was like, screw it, let's just roll with it. So John Chen, you can learn from this subway <laughs> line man. Uh, I think we're going on too long, man. <laughs> it's true though because you know you get people in the door. You know, hey, you we're at the iPhone for two hundred dollars. That's that's the Android runtime on BlackBerry Ten. It runs Android. <laughs> you do it. It's like, oh crap, it doesn't run yeah. Android. <laughs> but uh, I'm really excited to see what the Priv can do for BlackBerry. I know I'm a diehard fan. I love BlackBerry Ten. I mean, and John Chen said it itself. It, you know, if I could get all the apps on BlackBerry Ten, it'd be a smashing success. And we all agree with that. <clears throat> We live in a real world, and that's not how it is, you know? There's too yeah. many costs and financial and legal battles that BlackBerry would have to beat to be able to make that happen. Right now, John Chen said it. I'll echo it here. This is the best they can do. <laughs> it really is. Now, the question is, is it good enough for the market? And that's what we'll discuss likely on our next podcast. So we'll cut it off here. Please get at us on Patreon. Ask us some questions. We are happy to discuss them here at the end of our cast. And we will see you guys next week. Thank you for watching. Take care, guys. Thanks, everybody. Brandon's on mute, but he's waving. <laughs>